Welcome to Beyond Grit, the podcast that seeks to create and foster a community of people who want to learn, develop, and employ the 10 powerful practices to gain a high-performance edge. Whether you're an athlete, a parent, a coach, or just someone looking to improve yourself, the Beyond Grit podcast shows you step-by-step how to reach your peak potential. The Beyond Grit podcast is based on the book Beyond Grit, written by Sandra Kampoff, PhD, founder, and CEO of Mentally Strong Consulting, and a professor at Minnesota State University, Mankato. Sindra, a keynote speaker and entrepreneur, is also a certified mental performance coach for professional athletes, executives, and championship teams from around the nation, including the NFL's Minnesota Vikings. Sindra's co-host is Tim McNiff, Emmy Award-winning news and sports journalist, strategic communications consultant, and storyteller for the National Sports Center. This is the Beyond Grit Podcast. Welcome to Beyond Grit, episode number 17. I am Tim McNiff, alongside the one and only PhD, Cinder Kampoff, high-performance coach, founder and director at the Center for Sport and Performance Psychology, and of course, professor at Minnesota State University, Mankato, Dr. Kampoff. What's going on today, Tim? How are you today? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I got that little uh, endorphin high. Uh, I just got off the, uh, the treadmill uh, this morning, literally. Yeah. And um, and scrambled to get ready for our podcast. I'm just going to give everyone the, the we, Cinder and I talked about this in the course of the week. And um, I got up this morning and so set and determined to do my workout. And all of a sudden I saw my phone going. And I was like, oh my God. Oh, you better do this. I was on the <laughs> treadmill too. We were probably on the treadmill at the same time. So I'm ready too. I love that endorphin high from exercise. I'm guessing, you know what, I'm guessing you went faster and farther, but you know what, I'm on the comeback trail. It doesn't matters. matter. <laughs> it matters that you went out and you did it. So, <laughs> And we are moving on. Welcome to episode number 17, everybody. The podcast process we go through is 10 practices and 52 chapters. And guess what? We are beginning practice number four, which is know yourself to master yourself. And you think about this, episode 17. And practice four, we are getting into this thing. We are. It's fun. Uh, I think we're really getting at the meat and giving some people some really tangible strategies they can use, Tim. That's why I'm really pumped about this. Yeah, there's sort of a shift, I think, that happens here. And, and we've gone into sort of, you know, getting the background and kind of finding out, I think, some of the things that, that tend to hamper us. And, and now I think there's sort of this move where it's, you know, okay, now you're giving us you're always giving us things to help, but I think this is, this I look at, you know, we've, we've done so much foundation laying, now I feel like we're starting to build. Is that, is that an accurate way to look at it? Yeah, absolutely. And in, in practice number three, we are really talking about our thinking. And practice number four is awesome because, you know, we can't be aware of our thinking. Like awareness is practice four. And, and for us to really do anything about our thinking and help us be and think like a high performer, we have to be self-aware. So when I was writing the book, I almost put this before thinking, but, uh, but I think it fits good here. Um, and, and, and I think this is, you know, if you don't know yourself, you can't be your, your best. So this is foundational. Well, before we take that step forward, as we always do, let's take one more look in the rearview mirror back at chapter 16, which was disengaged with overthinking. You gave us some homework and it was write down one example of a thought that's holding you back then write a car shift and practice it. And I told you last week that this one really hit home for me. And this is where I'm going to kind of rip open the Band-Aid, and I'm going to tell you something. Because I have one thought that holds me back. And that is, 
uh, I struggle with authenticity. You do? I don't know. I believe that. <laughs> I know. But I do. You seem do, pretty authentic to me. <laughs> well, well, you know, people always will say things like, well, you know, you did this for so many years and all the rest of it. I go, yeah, but this isn't exactly that. This is a new thing. Sure. And I know I'm taking elements of it and I'm applying to it, but I struggle with authenticity. And um, okay. so, uh, I, you know, and my, when I struggled even with writing down like the um, – the thought and how to, how to put it, because I don't know that I always say the same thing to myself every time, but the thought is the same and it's intense or, or, it's, or it's what I'm saying. And that's basically, dude, you're not real. You're not that. And, and then I do the whole thing. I'm like, well, kind of, I am. I mean, I did it. I have good advice. I mean, I help people, you know, and, but I send her camp off. I struggle with authenticity internally. Yeah, well, to be honest, a lot of people do. I mean, I think I'm on my own journey to that, Tim, and I've realized that it's a process, you know. And um, I heard uh, one of my colleagues, Michael Gervais, he works for the Seattle Seahawks, um, does mental training for them. And I heard him speak at our sports psychology conference in October. And he said something here that hit me, and he said, can you be yourself in every situation? Like no matter what the stakes are, no matter what the consequences are. And it hit me kind of here because I thought, well, you know, I'd say that I'm like, you know, I'm really authentic, but not every situation, right? When it gets uncomfortable or um, like, is it in a place where I don't know a lot about, you know, or people that I don't know, I can kind of be quieter too and not really myself. So I think it's a journey, Tim. I think it's like, um, kind of this idea of like taking courage towards being your your authentic self because there's so many messages around us about who we should be and I think it's like this internal process of finding out who you are and then having these skills that we're talking about to be yourself in any situation. Well, I think the um, you know I always write in here what's the purpose of the exercise, but I think the purpose of the exercise is obvious. I mean, you're getting us to try to get over that thought to to rephrase it. And then to, to actually practice with this new, new. So like for me, the, the, the phrase was, you're not authentic. Uh, and then um, that's holding me back. So I've identified it. I ca I've caught it. So now yes. I'm trying to rephrase it, you know, and, and so I'm thinking, uh, well, I, I mean, my intention is good, but how do I give myself that license or that authority to say, you are that person? Absolutely. So we last week we talked about when we address that negative thought or that thought that holding is holding us back. It doesn't always have to be negative. Um, the way to address it, either you just don't believe it, you let it move out of your mind, sort of like a car passing by, or you said like a balloon moving out of your mind, right? Love that. Um, or you talk back to it. And so, you know, give us an example of a time where you thought, well, I'm not really real. Yeah. So, so sort of like, I think even this uh, this past week, I was helping somebody um, with um, their their media and their speaking engagements and everything, and I and I and I set this all up, and then I show up, and all of a sudden they look at me and they're like, "Well, what should I talk about?" And I'm like, uh, "That's not really my job to tell you what to talk about," but but I'm like, they're looking at me for some sort of guidance, right? And so I just do it and I give it to him, and then he went out there and he really did a great job with it from someone who was doing something I wouldn't recommend, which is shooting from the hip. I, I, I'm much more of a, no, you at least have to have an outline and where you're going with this whole thing. And I yeah, also believe sure. you got to sometimes roll with the flow, but at the same time, mm -hmm. don't make it up as you go. But anyway, you know, I, I just, uh, I guess I reacted in the moment, but I just, 
I'd have trouble taking the lead um, if it's not like an area where I have been for a good period of time. Sure. It feels uncomfortable. And maybe you are yourself, but it just is uncomfortable. And, you know, like as we get going with the book, we're going to talk about actually how we have to do something really uncomfortable every day. <laughs> and even, even it's just a little uncomfortable, but that helps us grow and develop and become the person we're supposed to be. So, um, yeah, were you, were you authentic in that situation or was it just uncomfortable? No, I'm, this is the way I do things. I mean, always in the situation, when it's time to act, I act. I do. Yeah, and sometimes course. I kick myself later because I'm like, why did you let that person take the lead? Because they obviously had no clue what you were, what they were doing. So sometimes I kick myself. I'm like, I should oh, have been sure. more, but for whatever reason, I think I still hold myself back. I don't know how back in my past I'm, I'm dealing with to try to go sure. through with that. And I, I just am more of a, I don't know, you know, I, I have, you know, when I was on athletic teams and everything, it was like I was usually batting leadoff or like on teams I would go first. And I never had a problem with saying, okay, I'll just go out there and do it. And and I'm not that afraid to do that. But in some of these things where it's a lot of people and it's not such a defined role, I tend to hang back. And, sure. Um, and really what you want is like you want to step in and step into the leadership and trust yourself. And I think I have to not be afraid to fail. And sometimes yes. I think maybe I'm like, because I don't yeah. know, I haven't been recognized in this new sort of role. It's like, yes. what if I go out there and bomb? Then what, what, what then? There is a great video, Tim. I committed this year to putting um, a one minute video up every Wednesday and I'm calling it Wisdom Wednesdays on my social media. So, and I, last week I was tired, you know, but I'm like, I'm still putting it up, right? And what I talked about is I said, what if in 2020 you work to fail? What if you realize that the more you fail, the more that you succeed because you're learning and you're growing. And the problem is, is that so many of us, like we do fear, fear failure. And so we don't take the risks. We don't live big. We don't really get out there with our talent and our skills in sports or in life and our business. And we hold ourselves back. So um, I, I wonder if the way that you could address that thought is what you really need in that moment. And I'm, I'm hearing that you need to like trust yourself that you need to just like trust that you've had, I don't know how many years of experience in doing this, you know, and just like trust yourself and then do it. Right. And the, the, the A stands for address it. And then the R stands for refocus back in the moment. So you don't keep on, you know, like having the, the empowering thought, disempowering thought, like this angel and the devil on your shoulder. Um, how do you think you could address it? What's well, the I think, you know what I think it is? I, and I say this to myself, when I, when I say this to my players a lot of times, I would say, I got to get out of my own head because yeah. I think it comes down to what is your intent? Well, if my intent's yeah. not really, I'm not really there to forward myself, but I'm there to help other people. I should just step up and say what I want to yeah. say and do what I want to do because I'm not there for myself. I'm there for them. So I think when I run into that, I am actually being, maybe, a, it, maybe it's not an issue of authenticity so much as, I'm not mm. thinking about who am I really there to benefit and I need to get out of my own head and realize that I'm there for other people. And as yeah, long as I'm there and being authentic and that's, it shouldn't hold me back. So I, I think yeah. right now for this conversation, you know, it's something that I think I've told my athletes many times is that you shouldn't be nervous on a Friday night because if you are, that means you're thinking about yourself and you shouldn't be thinking about yourself. You should be thinking about your teammates, how you're trying to help your other teammates and that will take, get that anxiety and take that out. And that's so I think that's my same problem. 
Yeah, love that. And, you know, just by you sharing this, Tim, people are hearing themselves. You know, that's the power of being vulnerable and authentic is like people say, oh, yeah, that happens to me, too. And it does happen to me, too, Tim. (laughs) And what I do is instead of getting here, I just connect with my heart, you know, like and I think that's really what you're saying is how can you be of service to other people right now when you get in your heart? 100% thinking about yourself you're not overthinking and that's what holds us back paralysis by analysis right where we're thinking too much and then we just kind of stay stuck yeah and not you're thinking about yourself and not what you really should be thinking about is others that that's I think probably my biggest uh, step back well we're talking about chapter 17 the ABC's of self-awareness I'm trying to be more self-aware but I want to help you be more self-aware Cinder starts this uh, chapter and this is again one of these funny chapters Cinder when I went back and looked at it highlight like everything in the entire chapter Uh, but you tell a story and and this the funny part is up the story your first line is uh, Jonathan is the most positive person I know and coming from you that's so yeah. funny because you're, you're like the most positive person I know. So it's like, how positive can this person be? And then you Man. hear the story and you're oh, like, oh wow. my. So it really is a humbling mm-hmm. story to realize what Jonathan has been through and uh, feel free to share. So um, I first met Jonathan Zier several years ago. So I live in Mankato and he was the president and CEO of Greater Mankato Growth. And literally, Tim, he would walk into a room and he would change the energy right away. Like, have you ever met somebody like that where there could be a hundred people in the room and you just like the energy just, you just permeated everywhere. And that's what I saw. And then when I realized what he was struggling with, it was even more impressive, his positive mental attitude. And uh, so I interviewed on my, on my, my podcast called the high performance mindset. It was episode 58. Okay. So people can listen to that if they want to just um, go iTunes or Stitcher Radio, wherever you're listening to this podcast and search high performance mindset. And um, he was really on this journey that really seemed imaginable. Um, He was diagnosed with cancer, um, several different types of cancer. Um, They only gave him like a three to 10% chance that he was going to live. And the thing that was most astonishing to me is like when I asked him, you know, like, okay, how did you still thrive with cancer? And here's what he said. And it it just blew my mind. He said, I see cancer as a tremendous blessing. And I was like, what? Right. You know what? Um, he said that it was during the most blessed period in his life where he was able to really lead other people with, you know, who, who had cancer. And he wanted to show people that people can thrive with cancer. Um, and his mission changed. Um, it's sort of like... Um, Later in this uh, podcast, we're going to talk about um, Gabe Grunewald, who uh, mm. a runner, right? And I started seeing her life change at the end, too, that it was not about her. It was more in, in her ser- his service to other people. And uh, what I saw him do in my town was just incredible, where he gave people hope. Um, he raised money for, for cancer treatment. He has a Jonathan Ziert um, a foundation. And what I, what I saw him do was be able to take any kind of difficulty that he was struggling with and, 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 and change his frame, change his lens. Um, Jonathan did pass uh, like March of this year, of 2019, so almost a year now. Very, very difficult for our town. Um, but what I saw him do is like thrive despite uh, what was going on inside him. And 
I think at the heart of that is understanding who he is and how, how he's at his best, which really is self-awareness. He talks about that, you said at the end. Um, he said he, he encourages people to be open with the blessings that come from difficulty. Stay positive, encourage people to focus on what can come from the difficulty. Um, mm. So, yeah, you've, got, you've talked about Gabe before in this podcast and, and now uh, Jonathan. And, uh, you know, what you learn is that these people are determined to, to pack as much living and, and yes. leave us with as much um, wisdom, you know, as they can. And it's up to us to take that from them and to, and to give to others before they reach critical mass. I just got goosebumps because <laughs> both those people, <clears throat> I learned so much from them, you know, um, and that's their legacy is still alive. And I think sometimes we forget the power of our words and the power um, of what we say to other people and uh, the impact on, on other people. So so you, you start that question, you talk about Jonathan's story, and what he leaves us with uh, is the fact that he became so self-aware down, down the, you know, the last months or years of his life. And so you start to talk about self-awareness and, and what it means. And um, you're right, self-awareness means to be able to understand tendencies and to be in tune with your thoughts, emotions, and actions in the moment. Self-awareness is important in everything we do and is the foundation of our ability to deal with challenges and adversity. If you have a high degree of self-awareness, you are in tune with how your body is dealing with a challenge or adversity. Now, um, we just came out of a chapter where we were talking about overthinking. Yes. And now we're talking about self-awareness. Mm -hmm. So there's a bit of thinking that goes into self-awareness. How do we differentiate one from the other? Good question. So I think self-awareness just means being in tune with what you're thinking. What, what happens when we overthink is we overprocess or we get stuck in our thinking. But self-awareness just means noticing how you're feeling. What's really important is to not judge it. And I think with the overthinking, we can judge ourselves a lot. But when we are self-aware, we just know uh, what, what it means to be at our best, what that looks like, what's that, what that feels like. We know ourselves. We know what we can improve. We know our strengths. We know what pumps us up. But we also know like what situations like push our buttons. And there's some really cool research about self-awareness, Tim. So um, in the book, Emotional Intelligence, Travis uh, Bradbury and Jean, I think it's Grievous, talks about like 83% of high performers in sport, business, and in life are self-aware. And it's true. Like you ask any coach and, you know, you ask them, who do you really like to coach? And it's like the people who really know themselves. And you can't, it's really difficult to be at your best consistently if you don't even know what that best looks like, you know? So really being aware of yourself and understanding yourself is, is, is the foundation of high performance. And I think what, what it really means too is the way I read it was mm -hmm. you're blending the mental with the physical. It's taking a moment to, to catch yourself in the moment and realize, as you talk about your breath, how, how you're feeling. You know, yeah. what, what sensations, I mean, life really is, it's like you can take pictures or even whole movies. And as you look at them later, you'll say, my gosh, remember how much fun that was. But yeah. you know, you, you can, you can, you it'll help you to get back there, but you'll never be back in that moment. Everything is about experiences. Mm. And I think what I read from this is you're teaching us to not only be aware of the moment, 
but just to realize what you're experiencing and how you can take that the next time you're in an adverse situation and use it to your advantage. Yes, because I think that people who are self-aware, they also know what holds them back, right? Like what you were just talking about with authenticity, like that takes a lot of awareness, a, a lot of like checking in with how you're feeling. But I think the really important key is to not judge yourself. And I think self-awareness really is developing an honest understanding of yourself, but no judgment. And I think when we're judging ourselves, we can wish it was somewhere something different or, you know, be upset about something we did. But non-judgmental just means showing a caring and compassionate approach to yourself. Um, because in the book, I talked to him about how like people in situations don't make us feel a certain way. We really choose how we think and how we feel, right? And so right. that's really empowering to know. But I, gotta, I have to be aware of that before I can change my action, before I can change my thinking in any way. I have to know what's going on with my body. So you call it the ABCs of self-awareness, mm -hmm. A being awareness of your thoughts. So what that means is just um, notice, I want to do this in a non-judgmental way. Um, we want to uh, not judge ourselves and we just want to be aware. Just, just notice. That's what I would do. Notice with kindness and compassion. Yeah, you're getting, that's okay. So B is breath. Taken deeply as you notice your thoughts, emotions, and actions, and see, there's the C word. See yourself and the situation with compassion and non-judgment. Make adjustments to your thoughts, emotions, and actions to do so. And I, I love the fact that you bring in compassion and non-judgment. You may realize that the way you're, you're reacting to it, a certain situation, is not the best way. But don't go beat yourself up for it. Just make an adjustment and so you can realize that you won't... Hopefully you won't do that the next time, but you have to realize that all of us, we're not always going to react to things the best way. Absolutely. And, and that's okay. You know, I think the key is like, we can't do anything about the past. All we can do is learn from it and, uh, and, and make adjustments. And I think that's what the best do is they're kind of compassionate to themselves and they, they make adjustments to their thoughts and their emotions, but they don't beat themselves up for something that they did or didn't do. I think the key is, Tim, is we don't want to be on autopilot with our thoughts and our emotions and our actions because many times that autopilot is like fear and anxiety, <laughs> things that hold us back. And so really taking a step forward to being more aware can help you really be the person that you uh, want to be and help you reach your goals and your dreams this year and for the years to come. How do we, uh, how do we apply this? What's our homework for the week? So your homework for the week is um, to be on a journey of self-awareness. And so um, just notice this week what pushes your buttons, what gets you excited, what jazzes you, um, and what happens to your mind, your body, if you feel stress or pressure. Uh, so this week is just noticing, noticing your thoughts and your actions and your emotions. Okay. I'm missing one word. Your thoughts, something, and emotions. I missed the middle. <laughs> actions. Actions, thank you. My shorthand needs work. <laughs> okay, and then our high-performance... You know, you're processing it. <laughs> <laughs> our high-performance uh, power phrase this week. I work to understand myself and my tendencies. I master myself to reach a new level. 
and that's this the whole part of like you said last week we can't really take a day off in in training our brain and this this exercise or this particular chapter to me feels like you're 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 really bringing the mental and the physical together and and asking us to you know just take a minute and and what does it feel like how do you feel like are you happy is this does this do this for you and and if not how do you change it to make it better next time absolutely Nicely Our, said. Can't take a day off or train in your brain. <laughs> I've, I, you know, I've used that like four or five times this week. Love it. What yeah. What say when you use that? They look at me and, and go like, what? And then I have to explain it, you know, and, and I said, yeah, it's, it's, it, it just makes so much sense to me. And I think people, if they aren't kind of, if they haven't had the advantage that I've had of talking to you so often and my second time through the book, I mean, I just don't think any of us realizes just what we are dealing with. I mean, I try to impress this when I talk to kids, you know, this thing that you've been given, this gift that you've been given, no company, everybody's trying to make robots and everybody's trying to come up with all this different stuff to replicate what your brain can do. I mean, every one of us is a multi-million dollar, if not billion dollar creation. And you can't take your, your brain for granted. It'll do all sorts of things if you do. Yes, and it gets in your own way. <laughs> you let it, so that's why you got to train it every day. Have you got a gritty person for the week? So this week, Tim, I spoke on Thursday to the Minnesota Egg Expo. I was their closing keynote. Uh, it was here in Mankato, which is super fun because I could just like drive to the Civic Center. And um, I spoke to, I don't know, three, 400, 500 farmers. And you might think, hmm, what does farmers need to know about mindset? <laughs> but uh, they're just like all of us, right? And the really interesting thing is like suicide rates are on the rise in farming. Oh. And uh, mental health issues are on the rise. And so um, talking about these really practical strategies is really essential and so we talked about um, controlling what you can control, which is going to be the next practice. I and mean, in farming, you can't control the rain and the weather, but wow, doesn't it impact what they do or the pricing or the regulations from the government or the legislatures, uh, you know, the legislature. So we talked about that. We also talked about how to address automatic negative thoughts and be more aware. And then we talked about choosing uh, to keep on growing and learning and choosing courage. So my gritty people of the week is farmers because I learned a ton about um, how difficult it can be and uh, how much they really need to master their mind and how they can't take a day off of training their brain either. Um, I want to just say, first of all, hats off to you. I hope that they heard you. I hope that they seek to engage with uh, Beyond Grit because um, – it never has the uh, family farm been under more duress than it is right now. They are disappearing at an alarming rate as yeah. our consumption habits change for better and or worse. Um, you know, you're, you're seeing people who have had this generational uh, thing in their families, they're, they're losing it and it is difficult. Have you seen the movie, The Biggest Little Farm? No, but I should have, watch it. The have I part. have I got a gift for your family? Okay. Watch this with Dan and the boys. Okay. It, it's a wonderful film. Um, I believe it was 2018, and it's a documentary. 
It's an hour and a half. It's called The Biggest Little Farm. And these these people were kind of set up to, to do this. And what they did was really wonderful. But it kind of gives, I think, all farmers maybe a game plan for, for how to, all of us, how to kind of reestablish the farms in a way that's not dollar first, but health first for the planet, for the people involved in it, and for us as consumers. So uh, I'll just say with that. Okay, um, I watched that. I wrote it down. Yeah. The super the, cool thing is Governor Waltz was there the day before, right? And he said, it's really innovative that you're ending the <laughs> the conference with like a performance psychology person, right? So it's pretty cool. And then he shared this time where he was marathon training and we went on a marathon run together. <laughs> he said, and she smoked me for two hours or something like that. <laughs> so, hey, Governor Waltz, if you're listening, thanks for the shout out. Keep okay, so he, you were, he didn't say that to you. He just acknowledged the fact that he knew you were and you were closing it. Yes. Oh, yeah, impressive. Yeah. He's a big guy. You know, I can't yeah. see him being distance running would not be. He was a football coach. I could see him being better at football coaching than, than distance running. Yeah, but he did it, right? Talk about yeah. and there you go. different. Well, my gritty person of the week is a guy I spent a lot of time with this week. And uh, Willie Burton uh, it was having his number retired. Now, we're, we're recording this on a Sunday morning. And he's having his uh, number retired by the University of Minnesota at halftime of the Gophers game against Michigan State. And Willie came from Michigan to the University of Minnesota. He was here for four years. He was um, the um, leading scorer on the team, I think, three of the four years. Uh, team MVP three of the four years. He uh, led them to the uh, Sweet 16 and as a junior and the Elite Eight as a senior. Wow. And uh, did the senior year playing with a broken nose. He was the first player to play uh, in the NCAA wearing one of those masks you see that cover sure. the nose. And he, he talks about how he actually went to the hotel and asked for a file. They gave him a big file, and he modified the eye holes and things around there because so, he couldn't see the ball, and he couldn't look down, so he had to, had to, he had to file down the mask because they wouldn't let him play without the mask. Um, but he played without the mask. He was a, a ninth, uh, the ninth overall selection in the uh, 1990 uh, NBA draft. Played nine years in the NBA, 14 years in professional basketball. So you're like, okay, mission mission accomplished, right? Wow. He did it. No. Uh, he then became the custodial parent to his children after his divorce. Uh, and um, he had his daughter was getting to the point where she was going to graduate from high school and was going to go to college. And he's like, wait a minute. You're not going to get your college degree before I do. So he went back to the University of Minnesota, finished his undergrad uh, work. And then started to work in uh, developing programs for disadvantaged uh, and at-risk children and started to work. And now he is uh, one class away from completing his MBA with a 4.0 GPA and wow. has, developed, uh, has developed programs uh, for uh, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the uh, Detroit uh, school system, the state of Michigan, and NASA. What? So, Yes. So this is a guy who um, I, I just, uh, you know, I said to Cinder before we started, he reached out to me through another contact to see if I would help him get media and speaking opportunities. Nobody ever mentioned money and, and that, you know, I'm, I'm such a bad business person. I never mentioned that, asked for that up front. But in this case, I, I had just been such a fan of his as a player at the University of Minnesota and how he was such a warrior when he was out there in the basketball court that I was like, oh, you know, I've never met Willie Burton. So I'll just do this because I've liked him as a player. Yeah. And then now through this experience, we had a, a countless phone calls. And then I finally met him on Thursday of this past week. I was with him a little bit on Friday. 
And uh, now we're talking about potential, you know, doing something together going forward. It's just nice when you meet someone who, whose work you admired yeah. and then you meet them and they turn out to be more than what you were hoping mm-hmm. for. That's and that's awesome. the case here. Well, Great experience. Great. Fun. We both had fun weeks. We had good weeks. That's right. Actually. <laughs> and we hope that you had a good experience with this uh, podcast because that's what we're all about. The Beyond Great podcast is about trying to help you reach your peak potential. If you like it, share it with others. You can check out this and other great content on the NSC blog page, which is Beyond the Bench, where you can leave us your questions and your comments. You can, of course, find the Beyond Grit podcast on Spotify and an Apple podcast, where we would love it if you would rate and review us. And if you give us a positive rating, we will be able to reach and help empower more people with Dr. Kampoff's brilliant content. And who would not want that? <laughs> Only those who are not interested in being the best version of themselves. <laughs> oh, man. Everybody's got to have this. Everybody needs this. I am I'm so thankful for you. You're so good at this. You're so good and, at this. And every week, it's, it's an honor for me to, uh, to share this journey and your work with others. And I just only hope that we are reaching people and people are being impacted uh, with this content the way you have impacted my life. I am truly thankful for you. Thank you, Tim. I'm truly thankful for you. We want to, you want to take us out? I'm going to say be gritty, everybody. Stay mentally strong and keep every day this week training your brain. See you next week. Thank you for engaging with the Beyond Grit podcast, where we help you reach your peak potential. You can find past episodes and other great content on the NSE blog page, Beyond the Bench, where you can also post your questions and comments. Beyond Grit podcast is a production of the National Sports Center and Beyond the Bench.